Hey everyone, welcome to Unstoppable. My name is Ralph Graves Jr. and my passion is seeing you experience life transformation. Every week on this show, I will bring you inspirational stories of some of the most unstoppable people on the planet. I can't wait to share these stories with you and I hope that you'll share them with your friends. If you're looking to join the Unstoppable community and receive weekly lessons challenging you to live your best life, why don't you join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Okay, let's dive in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Unstoppable. I'm your host, Ralph Prince Jr. So glad to have you guys here. Uh, guys, I just want to jump right into it. Have a phenomenal young man on here today. Dexter Sullivan is the CEO and president of Black Legacy Advancement Coalition, along with a few other things. But we're going to talk about all those things today. Brother Sullivan, Dexter Sullivan, welcome to the Unstoppable podcast with Ralph Graves Jr. Sir, it's an honor and a privilege to be on with you. Thank you for the invitation. Man, I'm so happy to have you on, man. You are a mover and shaker. Tell the audience where you're from and what's going man, on. Man, born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. So I'm repping the D hardcore. Detroit, Barry, yeah. uh, Barry Sanders. All day, yes, yes. All day, all right. Silverdome, Silverdome days. They don't know anything about that. <laughs> yes. So you're out of Detroit? Born yes, and raised. Right in Detroit. Keep going because I cut you off. I got excited about football. I cut you off. Good, good. Born and raised, what happened? Where'd you go? You came back. Tell us. Yeah, I actually I grew up on the west side. I live on the east side now. Uh the east side is kind of on the come up. Back in the day, uh the east side was kind of stigmatized as hood. And I live maybe about a mile and a half from where my grandfather lived growing up, uh, right on Jefferson Avenue, the main thoroughfare. A lot of history, uh, history, and the history really of Detroit is is found uh, along Jefferson. Yeah. But um, yeah, I went away to college about 15 years ago. Uh, went to Oral Roberts University, graduated there, started in ministry there, and lived there for about five years post college. And then um, my career took me to Dallas, and I served at the Potter's House there, also was on staff at uh, Gateway Church, their seminary, the King's University, and was there for some time. And uh, then more recently, I felt the pull to move back home. And so I'm loving being back. I am loving being back in the D. I hear that, I hear that. Let me, let me, let me back up. Detroit City, Motor City, right? Motown, yes, Smokey Robinson, Aretha Franklin, everybody from Motown, you name it. The greats. The greats. Um, the, the, the motor vehicle industry, right? Yes. All right, so you're very city, very urban, black man from Detroit. You have to explain to me, this is to me personally, how did you end up at Oral Roberts University? Good, you can laugh out loud. You know exactly what I'm talking about. That is an antithesis of a journey there. Uh, you know, I grew up in church and our world really was very diverse, uh, different cultures, different people. Yeah. And my pastor served on the board at that time uh, for Roberts. Really? And so we had some knowledge of the, the school. Yes, they had a strong relationship and uh, I had visited there and I actually decided that I wasn't going to go. Okay. I wasn't going. And um, I had actually enrolled at Michigan State. I had picked out my dorm, my program. I was going there. Okay. And one day, driving home on the way back from school, I just felt uh, this sensation 
come over me. And now I would say it was the Holy Spirit, but it just was like this sense that this is not the place and you need to take your tail down to Oklahoma. And so I went kicking and screaming. I said, I'm going to go for one semester and check it out. Got down there and just fell in love with it. And it was really uh, a destiny shaping environment for me. That's great. I'm glad you obeyed the Holy Spirit. I'm glad you did. You know, I'm teasing you about that, but uh, there have been some great men and women who come out of Oral Roberts, our our, our good friend, our mutual good friend, Sal Silvers, but uh, is, is yes. one. And um, but I, I was just trying to, what's the name of the preacher that came out of Oral Roberts? He came out of Oral Roberts, the, the, the black guy, the brother. Um, Carlton Person? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've met Carlton and interacted with him several times. And yeah. yes, he was yeah. ORU's glory boy. I mean, he was ORU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, from us, I, I'm over in the Philadelphia area. Um, we we didn't know, you know, we didn't know too much about Oral Roberts. We didn't know too much about Oral Roberts, man. But I'm glad you obeyed the voice of the Lord. I'm glad you went down there because uh, it played a huge part in who you are today. So from Oral Roberts, you said you went to Texas. You worked at the yes. Potter's House. You worked at some other places. What were you doing there? Because all of this is building up to what we're going to talk about today. What you do at the Potter's House? What you do in Texas? Yes. So during my time in Dallas, it was really a great experience. I learned a lot about cultures and people, uh, added that really to my journey. And I loved my time as a member of the Potter's House and Bishop Jakes, who I love, is just a phenomenal leader, shaper, pastor, entrepreneur extraordinaire, all of that. And so he was very kind to me during my time there allowed me entrance into rooms that I likely would not have been in had it not been for him, uh, allowed me to serve in some levels of leadership also where those experiences really groomed and shaped me uh, in ministry. I've been in ministry now. This is my 16th year in preaching ministry. Praise God. And so um, that experience really helped to kind of kick it up to the next level in exposure. So super grateful for that. Um, I kind of had a a unique experience, though, because I was also working professionally in one of the most conservative white evangelical churches in the country. Um, You know, Bishop Jakes could have been on some occasions outspoken, even though he was conservative in his uh, language and diction about uh, the last presidential administration that we had. Uh, It wasn't a secret that he wasn't a huge fan. Uh, Then in my work environment, my clients that I'm interacting with on a daily basis are advising President Trump and all in with President Trump. So I'm getting both of those angles in that environment of of, of learning. Uh, So it was a very interesting time living in Dallas uh, during that period. I bet, man. But that's the key to being unstoppable is being able to move and thrive Mm -hmm. in any crowd. And in any situation, any administration, and God gave you the ability to do that. Uh, and and that, that's part of being unstoppable, man, is being able to move and, and still thrive and still be who God called you to be. That's right. So you came back to Detroit. Tell me why. Man, crisis, crisis, crisis. Yes, I was not planning on moving home. I was visiting here in November of 2019. And I was coming back for Thanksgiving just to see my family and love on them during the holidays. And about 15 minutes after I got into the front door of my mother's house, uh, a gang approached our house. And 
with the intent to rob us, do harm. And uh, just by a miracle, God blocked it and they weren't able to breach the entry. They did that same night, just moments later, uh, go across the street to our neighbor's entry who was open. They were having a get together. They went through the front door, shot the grandmother and the grandson. The young man uh, died that night in the fatality. Um, it was just a horrible, a horrible situation. And so I ended up, we had had that home in our family for nearly 50 years. Um, it was my grandmother's home prior to that. And when she passed away, we renovated for my mom and she was living there. And so I ended up having to get my mom relocated immediately. Yes. You know, it shifted sure. everything. Sure. And so um, after having been here for a few months, my grandparents are 88 and 86. And so there's a lot that goes into their care and making sure that they're taken care of. I just kind of had a, a full circle moment and I realized, OK, at this stage of my life, I've traveled the world, 20 nations, the majority of the United States. I've been doing my thing. It might be time to come home and to pay dues and just to be present. And so I decided I'm coming home. I moved my ministry, my business, uh, everything that I was doing back here. And that was two months prior to the kickoff of the pandemic. So the timing ended up being absolutely perfect. Wow. And we've been blessed, man. We've lost friends and people that are around us in our immediate nucleus of family. No one has had the virus. No one has gotten sick. And so Praise we're extremely grateful for that. Uh, and I'm just blessed to have great family. Praise the Lord, man. So crisis brings you back to Detroit. Man, that, that is really um, a traumatic experience. I know how that could be. Um, being a retired police officer, <clears throat> seeing things like that firsthand. And wow. uh, it, it affects your name. You know, it, even though it happened to your neighbor, they were knocking on your door first, knocking on your door first, man. And so we, we praise God for um, preserving you to be involved with us on this day. Um, yes, talk sir. to us about the organization you started, Black Legacy. Uh, Black, tell us about it. Black uh, Legacy, what is it? Advancement Coalition. Coalition. You got it. You got it. That's it, man. Right. Uh, the Black Legacy Advancement Coalition is a movement. You know, we have to file papers and have an organization so that it can do what it needs to do professionally. Sure. But sure. Really, we are a hodgepodge mix of passionate, intellectual, uh, social change agents that just want to see the needle move forward in a tangible way. Yeah. And we want to take our experiences collectively to see what can we build that's going to make that happen. So yeah. we're a movement that builds Black power by providing education and resources that uplift Black communities. And we do that uh, through our curation of commissions that do research and then also pouring resources into Black communities. And we have an amazing group. I'm so, so proud of our board. Uh, our board of directors, as well as our board of advisors that are doing a tremendous job in standing up this program. I love what you're doing. You and I talked before we came. I absolutely love what you're doing. Let me ask you this, and, and you've been everywhere, uh, You and I've lived a little bit and been a few places. You said a key word that I love, but it, it'll it'll make some of our, our white counterparts, brothers and sisters whom we love, even uh, other uh, uh, ethnic groups we love, they get kind of shook when you say it's a black power movement that will advance us in business and education. Why, why, do, why do you think 
I have my own thoughts on it, but why do you think that still intimidates those? Like that there are certain segments of our society that don't want us to empower, don't want us to have anything. And if we have it, they they feel like they're they're being excluded. You're not being excluded. Right. It's just that our people need to have this time by themselves right now. Why why do you think there's such a trouble with that? Because I know you had some pushback, you know. Oh man. Yeah, we can talk about that too. Yeah, uh, let's talk about I, it, man. Let's talk about I it. I really think that the challenge that folks have really is defined between 1967, 1972, in that tension space where um, you really had the ramping up of the Black Power movement. We had the loss of Malcolm X, the loss of Dr. King. Right. And then uh, you began to move over into the, the Black Panther movement. Uh, and the loss of so many leaders there that were pivotal pivotal to the Black Power movement. Mm -hmm. And so even looking at their language around Black Power at that time, Dr. King was even a little hesitant in using some of that language because of how it made people think. And he was walking through the nuance of how how does he navigate an experience and navigate the definition of terms that don't, in fact, threaten the success and the progress that you're making. So... Dexter, I think it's the association. Yeah. So uh, no one has no other culture has a problem with empowering themselves like like we do. If we yeah, start because, empowering of what we're doing, um, I, I, I'll tell you the truth. And you already know I'm not telling you anything you don't know. And I think the listeners are unstoppable are very educated people. The Black Panther movement started by what? Giving kids breakfast and lunch. We you, you do the same thing there. I do the same thing here. But if we tell them that we're doing the same thing as the Black Panther community did, feeding Blacks, Hispanics, people of person of colors and poor whites, it, it, it'd be a problem. And it's narrative. You know, yeah. at yeah. the end of the day, it comes down to linguistics, framing, how you push a narrative on people yeah. and create a culture of fear. I think it's been extremely hard for African-Americans to backpedal uh, any misinformation because of the way that we were brought to this country. Because we were slaves, there is an embedded mindset that looks at us as less than. And I don't mean that to say that people intentionally do that, but subconsciously, there is a layer in the way that we think that causes us to second guess what a black person says and not what a white person or other person says. It's like, you know, you have an immigrant here that's Asian American as a doctor, you take their word over a black doctor immediately Immediately. because you look at them and you have confidence. That is social engineering of the way that we think. And so getting people to acknowledge that that's the power of DEI in the 21st century is getting people hopefully to think differently. But a lot of times we're not honest in how we perceive and what we're perceiving. And so as the larger family of man, all cultures, I think it's important that we recognize those built-in biases and begin to address them so that we can really move past it for the greater good. And I'm glad you're doing that with Black Legacy Advancement Coalition. You use the term slaves. I tell people slavery was a condition. It was our condition. It's not who we were. Absolutely. We, we, we were we were thriving in society. No one caught us running around the jungles of Africa. 
No, nobody ran around the jungles of Africa and caught us. All right. We were sold by by chiefs and chieftains and Absolutely. sold by our own people. So let's so so when you came over here the, as a slave, it was a condition and not who we were. But so many folks who aren't black, they look at us, oh, you were ex-slaves. Like, like that's who we were. No, that was just a condition. Right. We're some of the best and brightest the world had to offer. That guy. Yes. And the breaking, the breaking of the mind, the breaking of the culture, the breaking of all of the things that make a people a people, you know, it's the hardest thing to repair because it's invisible. And so we can't go back to the document and say, okay, let's make all these things right. You know, it's the things that you don't don't necessarily put on paper that make you who you are that we lost. And so so we're still recovering that. I praise God for your journey. I had a similar journey. Here we are. He's too strong. Uh, I'm much older than you, but my, my journey, if, 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 you know, people who know me know that very strong willed, very proud of my African heritage. I know exactly what tribe and everything, Come else. On. you know, very proud of that uh, thrust into uh, all white Christian school from kindergarten till about eighth grade um, experienced most of my racism from white Christians. I, I went to the white public school. I have more love from the white unsaved white folks than I did from the saved one. So I become a police officer, right? I, I'm in the police academy class, class full of police officers, two black cops, right? So, okay, all right, Lord's teaching me how to navigate, not lose myself, but how to navigate in this world. And you and I both come back to inner cities to pour back into our people that which we learned and that which we gained and some of the heartaches, some of the stuff that we learned out there. So you have the Black Legacy Advancement Coalition. Tell me about some of the things that you guys are doing right there in Detroit, man. I think it's amazing. Man, so I love that question. We are a national organization. So our board is comprised of doctors, lawyers, uh, real estate brokers, developers, um, educational experts, writers, theologians, preachers, uh, you name it. And so they're all over the country. I was just in Virginia uh, this weekend uh, for the pastoral installation of Dr. Leslie Francisco McClendon, uh, who is third generation uh, Mennonite pastor. She pastors the largest black Mennonite congregation in the United States. You tell me something. I didn't know there were black Mennonites. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I mean, she's brilliant. Her husband and I have been friends for 20 years and they're just doing an amazing job there in Hampton, Virginia. But um, back to your question, one of the things that we're doing in Detroit, even though we're all over the place, uh, we're doing some economic investment. Right now we're working on something called the Ground Up Project here in Detroit, where we're looking to stand up a space where we can put in a business incubator and begin to train apprentices to learn a skill, develop that skill, but then to take that skill to the next level. A lot of times we will skill folks, put them in trade school, university, but do we ever train them to own and operate their own? And so we wanna kick it up with entrepreneurial development and begin to take that skill and allow it to metastasize beyond just the skill working in someone's salon or restaurant. How do we then empower you to own your restaurant and to own your own business in cosmetology, whether that's uh, your own barber shop, or maybe you have a traveling business. We have a gentleman right now, and he wants to take his barber shop uh, mobile. 
And so he'll have a van with all of his material. He can pull up to your house. He's doing that now uh, with handicapped uh, individuals, individuals that have disabilities, going to them on the vehicle, providing top-notch service. People don't realize that uh, handicapped individuals and individuals that have a a disability or a different way of operating mobility, a lot of them are well-resourced. And so uh, a lot of times we have the stigma in our mind that, oh, you know, that person, they're, they're less than, and so they don't have, it's not true. It's a huge market. And so he's tapping into that space. Uh, so we're teaching entrepreneurs how to innovate, how to thrive, how to expand and grow and develop. And we want to create a village of entrepreneurs that this is what we do. That's this amazing. is just how we do it. It's amazing. That is power. That's black power, man. You know, yes. empowering your community. And I love that, man. I love what, what you guys are doing. Now, you said it's nationwide. Which cities are you currently in? Yes. So we have members in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, the Hampton Roads area in Virginia, Atlanta, Georgia, Los Angeles, California, uh, Newark, New, New Jersey, uh, New York City. We have some in Jackson, Mississippi is actually one of our stronger uh, areas. We have a lot of members there in Jackson, Mississippi, another one of the most uh, populous of black communities in the country. And uh, we also have members in Chicago. There's about 14 states right now. And my my team would get on me for not being able to holler out every one of them. So if you're listening to this, y'all need to get me a list. <laughs> blame, it, blame it on his head and not his heart. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome, man. And um, I, I I love what you guys are doing, man. Just empowering. Now, how old do the men or the the, uh, the 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 young kids or men and women? What are the age groups that they can come in and, and be a part of? Absolutely. So we are wide open. Um, anyone that is eighteen and above, we, we allow to become members. We actually just had our first intern that served with us this past summer. And so we are beginning to grow our internship program. If you're interested at all in learning about our work and contributing in that way, we would love to have you. But it's very simple. You just go to our website, theblack.co, T-H-E-B-L-A-C.co. You can sign up to become a member and you'll be added to our mailing list. We make sure that we keep you up to date on events and things that are going on in the community. And uh, there's no charge or membership fee at this point. Uh, but we do encourage those that are members to invest because every dollar counts in making a difference and yeah. pushing that needle forward. Yeah, yeah. Say that website one more time for me. The black dot C-O, T-H-E-B-L-A-C dot C-O. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this, man. During this journey, what's the greatest lesson that you've learned, man? During this journey of, of building something like this, if you had to kick back and you think of uh, the overall lesson of your life, and when we just, you know, we talk about your story, what, 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 what's the overall lesson or what, you, what are you learning now? Let me make it, let me simplify. What are you learning right now? I'm learning that the clearer you are about what it is that you are setting out to accomplish, the more effective you can be in taking people with you. And yeah. I realized yeah. at the impetus of this journey, uh, you know, I've been in the black space for many years, uh, but I had been careful because I had a lot of relationships that may have been intolerant or uncomfortable with the work uh, that we were doing in black communities. But as I began to clarify and really become more acute in my approach 
and saying, no, we're going to be very clear about what we are doing here. Uh, I began to lose people. I lost tens of thousands of dollars in, in support. Uh, I lost uh, individuals that had been partners and champion of ministries that I'd created and started, you know, as we began to push this narrative that made them extremely uncomfortable. They unsubscribed, you know, unfollowed, unfriended, you know, and I'm talking in in the hundreds. We lost quite a lot of people. And you're uplifting people. That's the thing. And it's not, it's not like an either or, but that either or mentality is really strong uh, in the country right now. And I yeah. think that people don't always realize that they're being pawns of a larger scheme. Right. But I want to tell people sometimes, you know, I still believe in all of the things I believed in uh, prior to uh, becoming more clear. And just because I'm focused clearly in this niche area, uh, it doesn't mean that I'm not a Christian. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't. And I, and I think, I, I think it empowers you more. I, I know one thing, once I got focused, um, um, you got a chance to really see who really needed to be around you in the first place and yes, who didn't need to be around. That's the beauty um, that God will reveal it to you as you are focused in on doing what he created you to do. Nothing changed. You're still a believer. You're still preaching. You're still spreading the gospel. You're still advancing the kingdom. But because you're not advancing the kingdom in the same area that they are, a lot of people fall off. But I, 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 if I could just, you know, and I think you could agree with me. I want to, I want to hear. I want to encourage everybody listening that don't be upset. Somebody told me this. Don't be upset when they unsubscribe. That's don't right. Be, don't don't be upset when 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 they fall off. They're That's just right. making it clearer of who your real audience or who you, uh, who your real support system is. That that once they fall off, it's clear. It becomes clear now, and it's okay. And it's it okay. makes space. Yes, everything has to decrease for there to be the right increase. Yeah, and you know, I think I decided about five or six years ago that I wanted to go after the things that I felt God called me to do unapologetically unencumbered with a bunch of fluff and I didn't want swelling in my life. I wanted growth. Yeah. You know, if God is going to grow you, he'll prune you back. He'll cut you back so that you can bring forth fruit, you know, that will remain. And so now it's very clear, you know, and I don't have, you know, a problem with anybody that doesn't feel comfortable moving forward. Right. You know, it actually just helps to make a little more space for the people that have capacity. And yeah. can come with you on that that next leg yeah. of the journey. Yeah. So if you're in that part of the journey, unstoppable, unstoppable listeners, the lonely walk we call it, or the it will hurt your feelings sometimes. Now, what Dex and I are saying is that when I say it won't hurt your feelings, because some people who you love, who you love, and you thought they were gonna ride with you forever, they're gone. They're gone. Yeah. Somebody taught Jesus know how that felt, right? He looked up. All the disciples had split when he got arrested. So they gone, they gone, they gone. So, um, and I like what you said too. Um, uh, I, I want you to elaborate on it. I, I know the answer, but I want it to come from you. There's a difference between swelling and growth. You don't want to swell, you want to grow. What, t- tell them the difference. Why don't we want to swell? Man, when you're carrying unnecessary weight, you, you don't accomplish your potential. Yeah. You may look impressive. You may glow and be bright. But man, as soon as pressure hits, 
there's going to be an explosion. Pus is coming out. Juice is coming out. Yeah. Things that are supposed to be there are coming out. And that's where we get disappointed. And yeah. we say, oh, we thought we had this really amazing, ripe uh, nectarine peach yeah. tomato. Yeah. And, and then we cut into it and it wasn't anything that we expected. And, you know, a lot of times when you're not pruned back and you don't have that death to the flesh, uh, uh, that circumcision of the heart right. and that cutting that takes place, a lot of times we end up outside of the will of God because what that cutting also does, it helps you to laser in and focus and get on the degree uh, of separation that God is calling you for as well. So there's a sanctifying that comes in the pruning. There's yeah. a gentleman uh, that wrote a book some years ago, My One Degree. And that book I thought was really powerful because he challenged people to get down to the nuts and bolts, the core of who you are and to focus on those areas yeah. and make those areas strong that everything can be built from those strengths. Yeah. And yeah. we're swelling. You know, people don't necessarily care if you're strong in the right areas when they're impressed with you. Uh, and they like you and they agree with you. But sometimes when you begin to clarify and get all of the foundation together, you know, that can make people uncomfortable. When yeah. Jesus offered and said, you know, this is my body, eat and drink. Yeah. Said, oh, man, that's a little that's a little much. We're getting out of here. As far as um, we can go, as far as that's we can as far go. as we can go with you. Yeah. And so a lot of times I think those those strong markers help to define for you and your environment. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. What's next? Thank I heard one preacher say it like this. Anything that swells has an infection. Anything that's, that's swollen is infected. Uh, we want it to grow, not swell. Not swell. Man, you're doing a fantastic work, a phenomenal work, and you're really blessing the, the, the listeners here, man. Um, uh, get down to your life's calling and, and know that your life's calling will not be agreeable to everybody. You just have to be obedient between you and God and, and to really get, get down to it. Hey man, um, I, can I, will you come back for me? Will you come back? Man, I would love to. Cause we got, we have so much more that, that you and I are going to talk about, man. Let's we, do it. Um, but I, I, how can, how can my folks reach out to you again? How can they become part of black legacy advancement coalition? Man, easy. Go to the website, the black.co. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. I believe on Instagram, we are BLAC underscore coalition and then uh, the Black Coalition on Facebook. So we'd love for you to follow us. Keep up with our journey. Uh, you can also keep up with me. I'm on all platforms as well. Just Dexter Sullivan. And uh, yeah, we'd love to stay in touch. Please DM us, inbox us. Someone will, be, will respond with all of the answers to your questions. If we don't have an answer, we will find an answer. But we would be happy to connect with you. Dexter, brother, I'm so glad that we talked. Thank you for being Likewise. on the Unstoppable Podcast. Hey, guys, Thank you go. for what you're doing. This platform is amazing. I just enjoy being able to hang out in the window with you for a little bit. Oh, thanks for saying that, man. Thank you for saying that. Guys, check out my podcast. Check out uh, check out my website, Ralph, RalphGraceJr.com. Go get the book, Unstoppable. And let's be unstoppable together. Till next time, guys. My name's Ralph Graves. I'll check you out next time. God bless you. Hey everybody, I hope you enjoyed this unstoppable conversation. I wanna make a special invitation to you to join the conversation. Every week we record these conversations live on Fireside. 
It's a platform that gives you the opportunity to engage with and ask questions to your favorite podcast live. If you want to join us on Fireside and ask our guests the questions you have about their story, head to firesidechat.com backslash Ralph Graves Jr. and click request access. This is your chance to join the interview. Also, guys, I want to invite you to join the unstoppable community at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Every week, I share challenging lessons and reflection questions so that you can see the transformation in your life that you know is coming. If you can take just 30 minutes of your week to reflect on these questions, I guarantee you'll be on your way to living the unstoppable life you were made for. Join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Unstoppable with Ralph Graves Jr.